up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today and you're going to want to get more copies of this. So give us a call, 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have that white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and the road is our life, and we got a great message for you on today's program, and this is off of our uh, Channel 21 Ministry conference line. We have a conference line every Thursday, and we're going to invite you to check it out and listen to today's program, and if you'd like to join us some Thursday, our phone number that you call in for this uh Conference line is 727-731-5062. It's Thursday nights at 5 p.m. That's Central Time. So if you'd like to join our road chaplains out there and hear some great uh, speakers like Pastor Richie Turnbow. We have Richie Turnbow on tonight. And uh, we also have Cliff Clark uh, speak a lot and Chaplain Daryl Spicer. He is the founder of Channel 21 Ministries, and he comes on about once a month and with a message for all the chaplains out there on the road and a message for you if you'll tune in. So we're going to share today a message by Richie Turnbow, and Chaplain Richie has been a part of Channel 21 Ministries. It goes all the way back to the beginning in 2012-2013 when Daryl Spicer founded this ministry. So uh, Richie has a message for you. Richie's message is titled, We Have a High Priest. And I wrote a song that I want to put on before Richie brings this message and it's called uh, Worth Fighting For. And the song just simply says, Jesus is worth fighting for. And I know Chaplain Richie Turnbow and all the road chaplains out there for Channel 21 Ministries would agree with me that Jesus is worth fighting for. And my songwriting partner on this is Tom Caldwell, and me and him put this together and give it to my neighbor, James Caban, and he helped me and Tom with this song, and then we sent it down to Songwriter Studio and had this demo made. We have used this song on millions of uh, our CDs all across the country, and 
We hope you enjoy this song right here. Jesus is worth fighting for. Guard up heart inside a raging storm. The word is angered, cause Satan has declared a war. I'll fight this battle, Lord, because you're worth fighting for. I pledge my undying love to you. You died for me, though I lived a shameful life Grace has set me free So I'm honored to struggle, Lord Cause even in my toughest battles You're worth fighting for There's sin inside my heart, the battle's deep within It's trying to control me, spirit and flesh at war I'll take up the sword of truth, because you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you You died for me Though I led such a shameful life, grace has set me free. So I'm honored to struggle, Lord, cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for. It was by your stripes that I was healed For this mighty army you will build I'll fight this battle, Lord, cause you're worth fighting for I pledge my undying love to you You died for me me free, so I'm honored to struggle, Lord, cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for, you died for me, though I led such a shameful life, grace has set me free. I'm honored to struggle, Lord, cause even in my toughest battles, you're worth fighting for. Yes, friends, Jesus is worth fighting for, and here is Pastor Richie Turnbow with our message for today. I thank you, Gary. I thank you for this opportunity, as I always do, and and I want to um, let everybody know, as I spoke earlier, that uh, you give me some options for this month on the speak, and I was really leaning heavy towards the 22nd because that would have been a perfect opportunity for a Christmas message. So I was asking the Lord, I always do this before I reply to Gary, I ask him, first of all, I'll pray to him and say, is this what you want me to do? Is this the time and the date that you want me to do this? I never want to do things on my timing, but his timing. 
So I prayed for the 22nd and asked the Lord if I could give a Christmas message, and I did not get any reply, guys. I, I just, but I felt in my spirit that someone else was supposed to do that message, and I, and I got verification today as I spoke with Gary. He let me know that he would be speaking a Christmas message on the 22nd. So that was just, uh, that was just clarification for me, confirmation for me that the Lord is still speaking. He's still on His throne. But I do have a message that I'd like to speak tonight uh, concerning Christmas time, concerning Jesus our Lord. We, we have many titles that we give him. And during this time of Christmas, we do recognize that he's that perfect gift that God sent to the world, that he loved us so much he gave his only begotten son. So we know that he's our redeemer. We know he's our savior. We know that he's our truth, our way, our life. Our, he's the door. He's the good shepherd. He's all those things that the Bible teaches us. But we all too often fail to recognize that the sacrifice that he has made and the gift that God gives to us give us a high priest. So I want to speak tonight on how we have a high priest. And I'm going to be taking us into the book of Hebrews tonight. And I'm going to share with all of you today from the scripture talking about Jesus, our great high priest, and how that the scripture talks to us and writes to us and tells us things how Jesus became our great high priest. Now, guys, if I, as I said before, if you will just give me the liberty to speak tonight without rushing, I want to, uh, I really want God to, to uh, speak tonight, Okay. I don't want you to hear me. I want you to hear God speaking. So normally I try to do this within 30 minutes or so, so Gary can have his time of prayer and taking prayer requests and praise reports and, and all that's going on in you guys' life. But if you'll just let me speak tonight, without rushing, I believe the Lord will bless us tonight. Amen. So I'll be speaking primarily from the book of Hebrews, chapters 4 and 5 to further illustrate how Jesus became our great high priest. So guys, let us start in chapter 4, as the writer states in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now guys, notice in chapter 5, the writer continues right on with the theme of Jesus being our great high priest. He's just confirming in chapter 5 what we just read in chapter 4. So let us look at chapter 5, beginning in verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he said also in another place, Thou art my priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. So guys, how long will Jesus be our great high priest? Forever. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and we're going to come back to verse 7 in just a moment. I was reading this one day, and it really just spoke to me. And it's amazing how the word of the Lord can speak to you, is it not? You guys know that sometimes you can be reading the scripture that you just read before, or maybe you've read it many times before, but all of a sudden you get something out of that scripture that you have never seen before. And I read here how Jesus was called our great high priest. And guys, that took me off guard because in our churches, in our church realm, that word is never used. In the main denominations and even the non-denominational churches, we don't use that word priest. We don't use the term priest. For instance, we use the words pastor. We use the words evangelist. We use the words teacher and bishop and overseer. But you don't hear us giving the label of priest to our churches in our denominations. Now, most of the time when we hear the word priest, we think of the Catholics. And I got to thinking about that. And I studied the word priest. And here's what I came up with. A priest 
is a person who is ordained of God to bring people into the presence of God. Now think about that for a moment. Go to the Old Testament and how did God speak to the people? God used priests to bring people into the presence of God. That's what a priest did. And you know what? I don't know any other place that I'd rather be than in the presence of Almighty God. The scripture says, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So there's something about being in the presence of God that never gets old. Now I'm going to be honest with you guys tonight. There have been, been some things in church that I got a little tired of. You see, I was raised Church of Christ. And when the Church of Christ gets a song, they sing it to death and back. They would sing it and sing it and sing it, and they're probably still singing the same old song every Sunday to this day. Now, there may be some songs or programs in church that you may get a little tired of, but you will never get tired of the presence of Almighty God. No matter how long you've been serving the Lord, His presence is overwhelming. His presence never gets old. His presence is always fresh. His presence restores, and in His presence we can rejoice and be glad. And notice the writer of Hebrews said that Jesus was ordained of the Father to serve as a priest, someone to bring us into the presence of God. The disciples were asking Jesus one day, how do you get to heaven? How do you get to heaven? Lord, how are we going to get to heaven and in John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. In other words, he's the only way into the presence of God, the one and only way. My friends, let me declare tonight that, that Jesus Christ is not the best way into heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way into heaven. Now, just south of Mobile, Alabama, there is a community called Bayou Labatry. And for all you Forrest Gump fans out there, Bayou Labatry really does exist. It's a community of shrimping. That's what the community is. There are shrimping boats everywhere. It is huge business. Reverend Sung Young Moon, who was the founder and the leader of the Unification Church in New York City, and guys, I said was because he's done passed on to be with Satan now owned one of the largest shipping companies down there in Bayou Labatry. And his company funneled millions of dollars into his church to reach gullible souls around the world to join his cult and to brainwash them into believing that Reverend Sung Young Moon was sent to finish the work that Jesus, our Lord, did not accomplish on the cross. To do the work that Jesus failed to do. Now, there should be a holy boldness that builds inside of you with this blasphemy. Because when someone attacks Jesus, the Holy Ghost always comes to his defense. A holy boldness should rise in you for the defense of Jesus. You see, I don't want anyone cursing the name of Jesus in front of me. I don't want anyone swearing the name of Jesus in front of me. That's my Savior. That's my Lord, and the Holy Ghost will always come to his defense. So let me tell you guys a couple things tonight. Jesus did not fail to do the work that God the Father called him to do. I want to remind you that on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. That word means that it's complete. So what was Jesus talking about? It means the sacrifice was completed. It means the work of the Father was accomplished. It means the works of the devil was destroyed. And it meant salvation was completed when Jesus was risen from the dead. Paul said if Jesus was not risen from the dead, our preaching is in vain. If Jesus was not risen from the dead, our faith is in vain. So when Jesus said it is finished, what did he mean? It meant the sacrifice had been provided. He was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth, and he laid his body down, praise God, and he provided to all mankind. Jesus did not fail to do what God called him to do. 
Nobody took the life of Jesus. He freely laid down his life. He said, I've got the power to lay it down, and I've got the power to raise it up. Nobody took it from him. He laid it down for you and for me. And secondly, I want you to remember Jesus said, it is finished. He did not say, I am finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. He knew he wasn't finished. He knew that they were going to take his body off that tree and lay it in a tomb, but he wasn't finished. He knew on Friday that they were going to put a stone over it, but he wasn't finished. He knew that they were going to put a soldier to guard it, but he wasn't finished. He knew on Friday and Saturday night, hell would be having a party, thinking they had been taking care of him, but he wasn't finished. He knew on Sunday morning, he'd come walking out of that tomb alive and well, proclaiming, I am he who was dead and alive forevermore, and I've got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, because he wasn't finished. He knew he wasn't finished, for he told his disciples, tarry ye in Jerusalem till you be a dude with power. Don't you leave the upper room until you get the Holy Ghost. And then he ascended up onto a cloud up into heaven, and he went back to the throne and sat down, and the Holy Ghost came. He knew he wasn't finished. Let me remind you, saints, tonight, the stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could walk out. The stone was rolled away so we could walk in. He knew he wasn't finished, and he knows he's not finished yet. And any day now, the trump of God is going to sound, and the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet Him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So i got a good word for you tonight. You're worried about all that's happening around the world. Don't you worry about it. Jesus is still in control, and He's got some unfinished business. He's coming back real soon, and he's going to rule forever and forever, glory to God. And I've got one more thing to say about that Reverend Moon guy. You don't need the moon. All you need is the sun, because he whom the Son of God sets free is free indeed. I'm trying to tell someone tonight, you don't need Reverend Moon. All you need is Jesus Christ, because if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, then you're going to be perfectly all right. There's only one way into the presence of God, and his name is Jesus. There's only one way into the glory of God, and his name is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. So Jesus is our priest. Most people think of him as a, a prophet or a, a miracle worker or as a, a preacher or a teacher. We think of him walking on the water and we thank God for all of that. But he's also our priest. Jesus fulfills that office of a prophet, priest, and a king. He fulfills the office of a prophet. Remember when they said that no man spake like this man, that even the winds and the seas obey him? And in his words, there is spirit and there is life. We remember in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman. Jesus began to tell her about herself. He tells her, you've had five husbands. She looks at him and says, you're a prophet. He fulfilled the role of a prophet. But now, after Jesus died and rose again, today he's ascended and he's at the right hand of the Father. So can I tell you tonight where Jesus is right now? According to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he's at the right hand of the Father, and he ever liveth to make intercession for you and I. So i got a good word for you tonight. Jesus is praying for you. I don't know about you, but there have been days of down and out, and I didn't know if I would have the strength to get, to get back home, or even have enough strength to pray over my food. And some good brother would pray for me, and I perk up and spring forth like an old-time coffee maker. You let someone tell you that they're praying for you, and you can feel the strength of the Lord rising up in your soul. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God for everybody that's praying for me. But I want to tell you more than all of that. Jesus is praying for me. Jesus is praying for you. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession. He's praying for us. So watch this. He served as a prophet. He's serving as our priest, but he's coming back as our king. I want to remind you of this. 
His second coming will be nothing like His first coming. He came the first time as the Lamb who was led to the slaughter. But the second time He comes, He's coming back as the Lion from the tribe of Judah. He's coming back in all power and all authority. That means nobody's going to pluck His beard. Nobody's going to put stripes on His back. Nobody's going to spit on Him. And nobody's going to nail Him to a tree Nobody's going to mock him when he comes back the second time. Let me tell you, he'll be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's going to rule forever and forever. So he's coming back as our king. So we know he was our prophet. We know he's going to be our king, but right now he's our priest. He's the one who leads us into the presence of Almighty God. Now go with me in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. If Jesus had not come to this earth, he could have never related to you and I. If Jesus had never come to this earth, he could have never related to humanity. He could have never understood what it is to hurt. He could have never understood the word pain. He would never understood the word suffering. But because he came to this earth, and he suffered, and he died, look at this, watch this. This verse 15 simply means that we have a priest who can understand what it is to suffer. You see, there's something in life, unless you've been there, you just don't understand. Unless you've buried a loved one, you don't understand what it is to bury a loved one. Unless you've buried a mother or a father or a child, you don't understand what that is. We can talk about it all night, but if you haven't taken a loved one to the cemetery, you don't understand the pain. But Jesus understands pain and suffering. So I want to teach three things tonight that happened when Jesus came to this earth. Three things. Go with me in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and it was heard and that he feared. In other words, when he came to this earth as a priest, he learned prayer. Jesus learned to pray. And I want you to notice what it says here. It says that when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, he learned prayer. Can I tell you guys tonight, can I tell you as a child of God, one of the greatest things you can ever learn is prayer. Luke chapter 11, the disciples come to the Lord and listen to what they say. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, help me walk on the water. Lord, help me do miracles or raise people from the dead. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, the greatest thing you will ever learn to do is pray. And you'd be amazed at how many Christians who don't know how to pray. You'd be amazed at how many Christians who come to church on Sunday morning and they don't know how to pray or how to call upon the name of the Lord. You see, prayer becomes foreign to them. And they don't understand the concept of prayer. And because of that, we have a whole lot of codependency in the church. And because of that, we will always need someone else in the church realm to pray, to pray for us. You see, guys, there comes a day when you need to know how to pray for yourself. Because there's going to come a day when you can't find the pastor. You can't find your friend. You can't find your accountability partner. And then what are you going to do on those days? You need to know how to pray for yourself. You see, we got a whole lot of Christians today who are following preachers around the countryside, chasing TV preachers instead of following Jesus and after his footsteps. Listen to me tonight. I'm not mad at nobody. I love everybody. But I've had people tell me, Pastor Richie, if, if I could just uh, get to Rod Parsons, if I could just get to Columbus, Ohio, I, listen, I say God bless Rod Parsley and all he does for the kingdom. Pastor Richie, if I could just get to T.D. Jake, if I could just hear him say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. 
Listen, I think God bless T.D. Jake and all he does for the kingdom. Well, Pastor Richie, if I could just get to Benny Hinn, if I could just get Benny Hinn to blow on me. Listen, I say thank God for Rod Parsons. I say thank God for T.D. Jake. I say thank God for Benny Hinn and the rest of them and all that they're doing for the kingdom. But you listen to me close tonight. I don't have to chase them around the country in order for me to get in touch with God. Because the same God they serve, I serve. The same God they worship, I worship. The same God they pray to, I pray to. And my God is no respecter of person. And what he does for one, he'll do for another. I want to be able to pray for myself. I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. I want to be able to look the devil in the eye and say, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if God be for me, who can be against me? I want to be able to pray for myself. And you learn how to pray. You see, Jesus learned how to pray. And I want you to notice where Jesus learned how to pray. It is the same place where most of us learn to pray. Notice that verse stated that he prayed with tears and supplications. That he prayed with crying. This scripture is referring to him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you know what the word Gethsemane means? We all know that Jesus prayed in the Garden. It means wine press. It is a place of crushing. I want to tell you where most of us learn to pray. And it's in a place of crushing. In times of crushing, we learn how to pray. And you will just have to agree with me tonight that most of us pray better in hard times than in good times. Because in good times, we're so caught up in the blessings, we forget to pray. I've seen God bless some folks so good, they stopped coming to church. I've seen God bless some folks so good, they forgot where the blessings came from. Listen, I've got a word tonight. Don't ever forget where the blessings come from. Don't ever forget where the spout, where the glory comes out. And be faithful even in the times of blessings. Luke says that while in the garden, Jesus prayed in agony. That he literally rolled around on the ground in agony. The scripture tells us that his sweat became his drops of blood. Now, we don't know what his total condition was. But whatever the condition, Jesus was in a mess. Jesus was praying. And what was he praying? Remember that he was in a garden of crushing. And something was being crushed in that garden. You know what was being crushed in that garden? His will. His will. You see, sooner or later, you will have to pray, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Sooner or later, you will have to put your will upon the altar. And this is what Jesus is doing. Remember, he could have called a legion of angels to rescue him. He could have summoned heaven and we would all be lost in our sins today. And he even prays and says, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. You see, Jesus no more wanted to go to that cross than you or I wanted to go to that cross. His body was crying out. His soul was crying out. Everything within him was crying out. And here's what he says. He says, Lord, if there be any other way, let's do that. But not my will, yours be done. Let me tell you guys something. It's not always easy doing the right thing. Doing the right thing can be painful. But let me tell you, if Jesus had not done the right thing... You and I wouldn't have a Savior today. You and I would be lost in our sins today. So yes, he did the right thing and ended up on a cross. But praise God because he did the right thing. Not only did he end up on a cross and was buried on Friday, but he came back to life on Sunday and said, I am he who was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. And I've got the keys to death, hell, and the grave, all because he did the right thing. Now watch this. Watch this. Let me show you something. I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Listen to this. Notice it says that it was heard and that he feared. Now look at this last word, feared. I've got this word marked in my Bible. In that he feared. 
And I looked at this and I wondered, what would Jesus be afraid of? I mean, Jesus cast out devils. He told his disciples, I give you the power to tread on serpents and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus did not operate in fear. So I looked that word up. And you guys know what that word actually means? It means dreaded. Dreaded. It was heard that he was praying and that he dreaded. And what did he dread? He dreaded the cross. Can I tell you guys something? When you know how to pray, you can deal with the things that you dread. Now everybody here understands what I'm saying when we mention the word thrill, dread, and the things that we have to deal with with dread. Oh God. I dread this. I dread that doctor's visit. I dread this. I dread that. You all know what I'm talking about. So listen to this. If you know how to pray, you can handle even the things that you dread. You can overcome that dread because God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So Jesus learned to pray. And because he learned to pray, he could handle the things that he even dreaded. Now watch this. Two more things. Let's look at verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Not only becoming a priest did he learn to pray, but he also learned obedience. Now I'm going to be honest with you. This verse here really got to me. Because I noticed that it said he learned, in that he learned. And I thought, he's the son of God. He has the wisdom of the Father. You guys remember when Jesus was 12 years old and, and Mary and Joseph went to Jerusalem for the Passover season and went on a day's journey and remembered that they had forgotten Jesus and went back to find him in the temple. And it was written that Jesus, as a boy, amazed the scholars with his wisdom. And now Jesus is a man with the wisdom of the Father. What could he learn? But look at what he had to learn. He had to learn obedience. He had to learn that word we don't like. He had to learn that word that all of us here tonight needs to learn. I have two children. One is 26 and one is 16. Love them to death. And I know I still look young and don't look old enough to have a 26-year-old, but I do. And I never, ever, ever did I have to teach them disobedience. It just comes natural. Have you ever noticed the first words we have to teach our children is the word no? You want to know why tonight? Because we were all born with a nature of disobedience. And we have to learn obedience. I've seen some folks in their 50s and 60s that hadn't got it yet. And their whole family would be better off if they did. And the sooner they learn it, the better it will be for everyone. Listen, you'd be amazed at who all suffers because of our disobedience. My whole family suffered because of my father's disobedience. When a father walks in disobedience, the whole family suffers because of it. And the sooner a man learns it, the better. So Jesus had to learn obedience, to say, not my will, Father, but your will be done. And look at how he learned it. He learned it from one of the greatest teachers in the world. Look at verse 8. That says he learned obedience by which the things he suffered. Now, I know you don't want to hear this tonight. And I know a lot of folks out there don't like to talk about suffering. But did you know God can even use suffering in your life to teach you the things he needs you to learn so that you can say, yes, Lord? How do us know the greatest words you can ever say is, yes, Lord? If you haven't got there yet, you need to hurry up and get there and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. So let me tell you the last thing that Jesus did here. Not only did he learn prayer, not only did he learn obedience, but he learned to become. Let's look at verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation and to all of them that obey him. Now here it is, guys. Listen. And being made perfect. 
How can Jesus be made perfect? Isn't Jesus God? Isn't Jesus perfect already? Wasn't He the one without sin? How can Jesus be made perfect? You see, guys, the word perfect here, it's a verb. It's an action word. It's not an adjective that describes a person. It's a verb that shows the action in a person. And in this verse, it shows the greatest gift ever given to mankind. The action on the cross that made Jesus our great high priest. He prayed. He learned. And he became. He was in the process of becoming the author of eternal salvation. And, he, and because he became, in verse 10, listen to this, a high priest, not called that title by man, but proclaimed high priest by God the Father himself. You guys know what it says in John chapter 1, verse 11? It says, He came into His own, and His own received Him not. But verse 12 says, But as many as receive Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. You see, the moment that you were born, born again until now, you have been in the process of becoming. Did you hear me? When we get born again, it's not the end of becoming. It is the beginning of becoming. Well, Pastor Richie, are you the same person that you were a few years ago? I hope not. Oh, Pastor Richie, if the Lord tarries, will you be the same five or ten years from now? I hope not. You see, we are in the process of becoming. The problem with the church is that we think when we get it, we get it all. But the fact is, we need to be growing in the Lord. We still need to be developing in the Lord. We never arrive at a place where we need nothing. I like what Paul says in Philippians. Not as though I have attained. In other words, I haven't reached that place yet. But I'm forgetting the things which are behind. I'm reaching forth into the things which are before. And I'm pressing towards the mark. The mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. How many of us knows we got to just press on? Listen, I hope we never reach a point where we think that we need nothing, a place where nobody can teach us anything or can't show us anything. Let me remind us tonight that is a dangerous place to be. And that's what the Laodicea church thought in Revelation 3. They said, we have need of nothing. We've got it all. And you know what Jesus said? He said, if you could only see you like I see you. You think you've got it all, but you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. In other words, guys, they had not attained what they thought they had. Now, Jesus was in the process of becoming. Becoming, becoming, becoming. His whole ministry, he was in the process of becoming. And it doesn't happen overnight, guys. Maturity does not happen overnight. Jesus never stopped becoming. Guys, if you could ask me one good piece of advice, this is what I would tell you. Never stop becoming. Never stop growing. Never reach that place where you think you have attained it all. We should never stop having a hunger for God. We should never stop reaching for His glory. Because the more of Him we have, the stronger we become. We have a great high priest. Watch this. Watch this. We have a high priest that prayed, who learned, and became. And because of that, we should recognize there is a wholesomeness about the life of Jesus. His life is incomplete without his death. His death is incomplete without his resurrection. His resurrection is incomplete without his return to glory. And it's the same Jesus who lived, who died, who was resurrected and is now at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you and I as our great high priest. And because of this, this is what you and I are able to do. Verse 16 of chapter 4. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now notice God's throne is a throne of grace. That word grace means unmerited favor. That when we come to the grace of favor, and we all have needs of favors from time to time, do we not? 
Guys, you know what I've learned through this whole thing? You don't have to be perfect to find favor at God's throne. And we can come with our knees before a throne of grace, a throne where our Lord was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Who knows how to pray? Who knows obedience? And who became? And because of all of that, we all, by the blood of Jesus, can come boldly into the throne of grace. We have a great high priest, a perfect someone ordained of God to bring us into the presence of God. Father, I thank you for this time once more to minister. Father, I thank you for your anointing of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for touching these lips of clay. Father, I pray that every word that was spoken and every verse that was read, that you get the glory and you get the honor. Father, I extend my prayers towards Gary and his ministry. Father, I pray that you bless him from head to toe. Father, I pray for a double blessing and a double anointing across his ministry, Lord. I know over the years that he's been through a lot, and you've blessed him because of his faith and trust in you. But, Father God, I am praying that you give him a double blessing of what he is, uh, he's already had. That Lord, it exceeds more than we ever thought to be done. Father, we're praying for lost souls. We're praying for those who are blinded by the evil one. We're praying that, Lord God, that you would give us the tools necessary and the, and the resources necessary, Lord God, that we could reach across the world and proclaim that you can do anything but fail. Father, I pray that you get the blessing. I pray that you get the honor. And I pray that, Lord God, that more lost souls would come to, to the light, the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and know you for who you are. Father, I thank you again for allowing me to speak. I thank you, Lord God, for each time that you let me minister. Father, I thank you for who you are, and we love you tonight. Father, I pray all of this in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. I hear you call, I hear your knock at my door, come on in and ease my pain, I've never felt hurt like this before, the darkness has covered me from inside, my shame no longer can I ignore Yes, it's time I realize Jesus is Lord Lord, Lord Come be my friend Please, Lord, forgive me Wash away my sins I surrender my life is yours Jesus is Lord Lord, Lord hear my song I pray Lord keep me strong I know now I was wrong my heart, that's where you belong. The darkness has covered me from inside. My shame no longer can I ignore. Yes, it's time I realize Jesus is Lord. my friend please Lord forgive me wash away my sins I surrender my life is yours Jesus is Lord 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 come be my friend please Lord 
Lord, forgive me, wash away my sins. I surrender, my life is yours. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Are you away from God? Would you like to get closer? to God than you've ever been. It's as simple as saying a little prayer, asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, asking Jesus Christ to fire you back up like you was when you first got saved. Whatever the situation is with you right now, we want to pray with you. All you got to do is pray a simple little prayer. It can be as simple as, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to do more. I want to be everything that you've called me to be. Take out my stony heart and give me a brand new heart. I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Your trust in Jesus The one who died on Calvary He will open up your blinded eyes In the empty tomb you will see Trust in Jesus, He'll give you new life Trust in Jesus He'll end your pain and strife. Trust in Jesus. Learn how to pray. Trust Him today. No longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Won't you put your trust in Jesus? He will give you eternal life. The gift is free for you and for me. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Trust in Jesus, He'll give you new life. Trust in Jesus, He'll end your pain and strife. Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray. Trust Him today, no longer stray, won't you put your trust in Jesus? When we put our trust in Jesus, we'll live with Him eternally. Up in heaven on streets of pure gold A mansion waits for you and me Trust in Jesus, He'll give you new life Trust in Jesus, He'll end your pain and strife Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray Trust Him today, no longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Trust in Jesus, He'll give you new life. Trust in Jesus, He'll end your pain and strife. Trust in Jesus, learn how to pray. Trust Him today, no longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Learn how to pray. Trust Him today. No longer stray. Won't you put your trust in Jesus? Well, friends, 
If you prayed that prayer, then we want to hear from you. Give us a call here at Lonesome Road Ministry. Our phone number is 618-383-2107. You can call me or text me on that number. We want to pray for you. We want to send you material that will help you in your walk with Christ. And if you did pray that prayer, then we got a song by Ann Davenport that I want you to hear because your debt has been paid in full. Last night I dreamed I went to heaven And there I was shown the book of life Well I fell down on my knees For I knew my sins were many Then written by my name Saw an awesome sight Paid in full He wrote paid in full He said all of this one sins Have been covered by my blood Paid in full Jesus canceled all my debts when he wrote paid in When my life here on earth is over and when I finally walk on streets of gold Oh, I long to hear these words As I kneel before my Savior Welcome home, my child Your debt's been paid in full Paid in full said all of this one sins have been covered by my blood paid in full he wrote paid in full Jesus canceled all my debts when he wrote paid in full what can wash Away my sin Nothing but the blood of Jesus Paid in full He wrote paid in full Jesus canceled all my debts When he wrote Paid in full He wrote paid in full Paid in full Paid in full He wrote paid in full Paid in full What can wash away my sin Nothing but the blood of Jesus Paid in full Paid in Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome had 
the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree